Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans in Reaction Theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. Welcome to Door Bumper Clear. I'm Jason Schultz and Brett, TJ, and Casey have returned from an action-packed weekend at Kansas with plenty of storylines to cover. They'll discuss Chase Elliott beating out Brad Keselowski to advance to the round of eight, Garrett Smithley and the leaders crashing the Xfinity Series race, the latest silly season news, and much more. Let's get started. I'm TJ Majors. This is Brett Griffin. Get ready. Be ready. Be ready. Big flag. Hey, what you got here. New leader. I'll watch out for this guy. White flag. Recognize. Go low. Go low. Hey everybody, I'm TJ Majors and I'm bundled up. Why are you bundled up? 75 degree weather. Because when I left this morning, it was uh, freezing outside when I took the girls to school. I ran at 730 (laughs) in shorts and a t-shirt. I was cold this morning, so I really can't. It was 55 degrees. You're from Buffalo or somewhere up there. You're a bigger dude. Brett Griffin, spotter, Clint Boyer did Ross Chastain. This weekend in Martinsville, I've only got to do Clint Boyer. Hmm. No truck? No truck. I'm retired from truck. I got Benjamin Rhodes in the trucks. You retired for good from the trucks? I'm done. Mm. For 2019 or is there? For indefinitely. (laughs) Which means not forever, possibly, but. It means 99% forever. Why is that? (laughs) Forever, ever. Trucks are fun. (laughs) Maybe Natalie Ducker needs to be spotter. Yeah, maybe Natalie. I own a truck. It's an awesome truck. Well, uh, on that note, how was uh, Kansas, guys? Well, who are you? You didn't even say who you are. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I feel like I don't even need an introduction. Oh, you're that. Ooh, Casey, you're, you're global now. You're well, this global normally brand. Normally, we just, like, you guys say something dumb, and then we just Do keep talking about that. how many shows you've missed in the beginning of the year? Me? Oh, wait, wait, we just me stuff. Yeah, you. Look who's you're, you're sitting next to Yeah, but to he introduced himself. You're supposed to say, hey, I'm Casey says, Hames. Oh, we have producer Jason Schultz in the, in hey the guys, studio. Hey, guys, I'm Casey Boat. See, we all the more reason you producer. need to introduce yourself. I don't even know who you are. <gasps> okay, I'm sorry. I will Oh, you haven't seen her photos? <laughs> I, I saw her swimming with pigs. It was. It was fun. Did you kiss one? Uh, No. No? Mm, you don't know where they've been. Oh, my God. They're nice, though. They in do the tricks. ocean. Oh, I they, said something where right they, there, but I did. You don't know where they've been. <laughs> where have those pigs <laughs> been? I wish we had a camera like to zoom in on your face. We where have those pigs been? I don't know. They were really? Res- they were rescued from Hurricane Katrina. Okay. And well, do you think they came from a farm in Europe or something? I don't know. 
Why are you like seriously? They've we're starting in, off the show with you picking on me. Hey been, guys, I'm Casey Boat. We have producer Jason in the house way many, behind us here. How many vacation days do you get a year? Oh my god. Your Instagram gosh. seems to be a lot of vacation. Yeah, when do you talk to your boss? Vacation days? I thought this was like honeymoon year. pictures coming back out because oh, you just no. went on a vacation. I knew like, it was like, my friend's bachelorette party. Okay. It wasn't like that didn't answer the question. Where, you just went to another island like two weeks ago. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. I went you were to a dirt track. You were at some resort. Is Ohio an island? Yeah, you I were at a there. resort. You were at a resort. What? Yeah, she was at a resort not even a month ago. I went to Atlantis. No, this was something different. I went to Anguilla. See, that's not a normal place. And that was in June. That's not near Ohio it's not October. either. Well, you just said a few weeks ago, the only places I've been to are dirt well, tracks and NASCAR So tracks. you go on a vacation every five months? No, it just happens to be the year. Normally, <laughs> I don't go on any vacations. <laughs> but it, it was a bachelorette party. She's had a travel. great year for vacations. It Nashville, Anguilla, the Atlantis, um, where else? the Four Seasons, wherever that was. Where was that? Uh, that was Angola. Okay. Then you go to like Myrtle Beach or Charleston too at some point? Nope. No. Oh, probably next week. N- not that many vacations. <laughs> probably next week though. Next week. Do you ever work? On occasion. Okay. All right. Mm, you know. Yeah, and I'm not talking right about like the, I got a conference call in a little bit. That's not you really. go to work. That work, is work. Work, work. What are, what are you thinking that I do? <laughs> right. we'll, Anyways, we'll leave, we'll leave uh, you guys are now. just bitter because you've had a pretty sucky Kansas, right? <laughs> <laughs> Kansas. Sorry, you call me out. I'm going to call you out. Kansas, Kansas, Kansas. Kansas didn't suck. I like Kansas. How about, I, I feel like TJ. I don't know if it sucked. I mean, I left how I left there with uh, still, still alive for the championship, um, but it was very stressful. I mean, what? I think I got to ask you this. Like, obviously, there was a restart late. Brad was behind you. You're clearly trying to be conscious of a lot of things. You ended up getting wrecked. After that wreck, if you had not been able to start your car and finish, would you have been knocked out of the playoff at that point? Uh, probably. Yeah, I would say we probably would. So the, the two was out. The nine was the last guy in. So that would have put you out and put the two back in. I think you needed mm-hmm. to finish, like, top ten is what I saw wow. somewhere. But – well, that would have been a lot because we had because yeah. winning that first stage made it a lot easier. Made a lot the rest of the so day. So after that wreck that you were in, what I know obviously with Brad being on the bubble too, were there any team conversations between you guys and the two, or how? What was that like? Uh, most of it was since Brad had Brad, we had them stage. We had a stage win and a seventh in the second stage, so that really gave us a good buffer. Um, enough of a buffer where all we need to do is basically finish. And be we could have been in the mid-teens, which is we should be able to do that pretty easily. Um, when that when that happened, we just tried to control our own destiny, not get up there in the middle of the pack and on a restart whenever they could wreck and wipe you out and be done. We kind of we kind of took it easy on the next to last restart, knowing that we still had like a we still had like a thirteen point buffer at that point. So, and you know the two was going to beat us by five six spots probably at that point which isn't that's not going to change anything with all you know so worst case scenario happened we come off a four and we're kind of near the back and we're just going low there's some stuff happening out by the wall next thing you know these guys all hang hard lefts like they don't they don't get hey there's a car there they all but they're just reacting to what's going on i haven't watched a replay of it um but it looked some of them look like they were being over overly cautious of what was going on on the outside of the track and 
um, just hung let like, and we're there. So of course, if it hits you just right, you spin through the in, you spin through the inside. And um, luckily, um, luckily our car, uh, it didn't hit it in a in a manner where it hurt it any more than it did. It didn't didn't really even hurt at all. It hurt the door a little bit. Um, we had to pull the fender out and continued on. So. Um, luckily the guys did a great job minimizing the time we lost, getting everything fixed. And we got back out there and finished decent still. I thought we were done when we were sliding through the grass. I thought we were done when you get hit in the door like that or in the nut or around the front tire. Most of the time it's you're most of the time it's terminal. When you break, you're going to break a suspension piece. Something's going to happen and you're not going to be able to continue. So, um, when we got hit like that, I was like, not to oh. mention the grass can be catastrophic. I also thought when we were sliding through, I'm like, okay, this grass might just dig in here at some point. And it, it had rained a little bit the, um, Saturday morning. So I'm like, I wasn't sure how wet the grass was. And I didn't know if it was going to dig in and rip the nose off the car or something. But whenever I saw I start sliding through the grass, I'm like, this is it, you know, but, uh, fortunately we were able to get going again and, and, um, we needed to make up a few spots at the end there because Brad actually had pretty good position and Chase was in really good position to make an attempt at winning that race. And if Chase won that race, uh, that was going to be really bad for us. So we needed to make up a few spots and try to get to Brad. And I don't, I don't know exactly what happened to Brad. I don't know if you went back and looked at it. I did actually go back and look at it. The last restart, um, it looked to me, man, like he was super, super tight. He couldn't make up any ground on anybody. And if anybody was on his right-hand side, it really looked like he would lose a nose and have to get out of gas. And literally, TJ, everybody drove by him. Like yeah, oh, 20, we, we the, passed him. The 21, the three, like I think at one point I was kind of in front of him. But he just simply his car wasn't up to standards. He, he couldn't race with those guys. Um, but But I'll say this. I don't know what the fans on TV thought, you know, or the fans watching on TV thought, but restarts yesterday were the wildest I've ever spotted in my life because there were several restarts, not one restart, several restarts where I said five wide. And you could get a run off the bottom. You could get a run off the top. Like, it was absolutely insane that the stage that TJ won, he restarted behind me. I was on the front row on the bottom. Obviously, you want to have the top, but I was on the front row on the bottom. TJ's behind me. A hole opened up behind the uh, the 12 car there. TJ was able to get up, which gave him a lot more momentum on exit. But we went through one and two, three wide. And as the second we started coming off the banking, Kyle Busch crammed it under me four wide. I'm no more saying four wide. If somebody sticks it underneath Kyle Busch and I'm saying five wide, the yeah. restarts were absolutely insane. Yeah, I didn't, that restart, we were able to um, carry that momentum and get on the outside of the 12 just past the middle of one and two. Um, I think we got close enough to where, um, you know, we, we got we broke the plane of the quarter panel and were able to get up beside him. And when he when he did that, he started, he started running us up, and I thought I was actually going to let you get clear on the bottom. I almost did, man. Like, I mean, he I'm telling you, left. I was two feet from getting clear. He hung a left and came down there and slowed you down, and that let us start free rolling up there a little bit. And we didn't get clear until right before the entry of turn three, though. And that was like, I think I was calling three inside at that point. Um, it's nuts. It, it was pretty wild. Restarts were definitely wild there for sure. But yeah very stressful day our cars ran around each other a lot of the day we did um i think you were faster for the first part of a run yep. and then as the run later into the runs we kind of drove away. we we pulled we pulled away a little yep. bit yep. but um yeah we it's tough it's a tough race 
Very tough, tough race. race. Saturday, you were off, man. Did you watch that Xfinity race? I did watch the Xfinity race. Freaking awesome. One of the best races I've ever seen. The length of the race was amazing. Just over two hours. Those guys were wheeling it. They were so loose off. Obviously, more horsepower than the cup cars have. I, I don't know, man. For me, like that rules package is what cup needs to be running. I, I, that's one of the best mile-and-a-half races I've ever watched. Yeah, I don't know if it's necessarily I, – I, the bodies have a lot to do with it as well. Um, the bodies, you know, I know they got less less downforce than us. Yep. Yeah, and you can less downforce, more motor, more entertaining. So you can see guys actually. What I like about that is guys can drive in there, and you can take the air off a guy's car still, and you can tell when he gets there because it frees the guy up and it creates a passing opportunity. Now a guy can drive. You could be running the bottom. I could drive all the way up behind you in a cup car and. I'm going to have to hit you hit you to even begin anything to happen. To disrupt the, the handling. And that might yeah. even hurt me more than it hurts you it at that point. Kill so your momentum. In the, in the Xfinity cars, they get close to each other, and, man, them back ends, the, it takes the air off that spoiler, and those guys start catching it, which I think it's so fun to watch at a place like that, especially when you got a guy like, you know, a Briscoe or Reddick, somebody that's sideways up against the wall already, and you get within a half a car length of them and start freeing them up a little bit more, and, and they're, they're catching it. Um, it's exciting to watch. It's fun. Anything else on Kansas? Good Fre- Here's a good Freddie Craft oh, saying. Gosh. Since Freddie had such a tough weekend, Freddie's favorite saying is, "It's fun to have fun." It, that that is true. I don't think Freddie had much fun yeah, on I Saturday. I don't think so. so it's not fun. Maybe to not, not have on fun. Sunday either. No, this wheel fell off. <laughs> yeah, that was. I was like, hey, "Poor Freddie." A, if a, you guys, if you guys ever get a chance to talk to Freddie, just tell him he's great. Honestly, anytime you are on the racetrack and your wheel is going faster than your car, it's you, a bad you, day. You have a problem. Yeah, like a major problem, like one that's yeah. probably not going to be overcome. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> the yeah. wheel almost knocked TJ out of the playoffs. Yeah, that wheel. That kind of started like a couple, all that. I was only—I was going to say it's only a couple points out because it was going so fast. Yeah, yeah, the wheel was digging. The wheel was going to make um, up some ground. I mean, this is look. I work for the Wood Brothers. I love those guys, um, but I'll never forget that time that David Pearson pitted for four tires. I think he was at Atlanta. I'm sure I could YouTube it or Google it, and he barely got off pit road, and all four tires fell off the car. Um, so it's just—I mean, look—the human element is a big thing. Obviously, Bubba's issue yesterday wasn't necessarily a human element thing, but yeah, anytime your wheels are going faster than you are, you're. He gone. You know what this reminds me of? We haven't had any air gun issues in a long time. No, I wonder what happened. I don't know. It's not been an issue Probably at all. Probably heard you guys complain about it I think the guys building week. the air guns started building the truck engines. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, shall we spot on, spot off? Spot on, spot off. Spot on, spot off. Spot on, spot off. You like it, spot off. You don't like it, and you say why either way. First topic. Garrett Smithley involved in a wreck between leaders Christopher Bell and Chase Briscoe in the Xfinity Series race. Oh, Brett, you are like oh. waiting to talk. Spot I on, spot on. I didn't off. even know if this would make the show. <laughs> it was such a non-topic yesterday in the garage, in the cup garage. I walked into the cup garage, and all anybody wanted to talk about was Garrett Smithley and Freddie Kraft. What I ta- what I don't understand though, I was talking to Kevin Hamlin. You know, after uh, after the scenario that happened with Freddie and Garrett, like, why didn't why didn't Freddie get his own mixtape and on YouTube thing like old Kevin got with, with Miss Natalie Decker? Obviously, man, spot off. Uh, Garrett Smithley was in the way. He was very unaware of what was going on. Freddie had told him getting into three, the leaders were coming. He had told him to hold the bottom. Either Garrett didn't hear him or Garrett wasn't paying attention. 
and Garrett obviously washed up in front of the leaders. Um, obviously, Garrett got on TV and said Freddie normally does a good job, but he didn't do a good job today. Uh, Freddie then obviously got upset because he knew he had told him some information. The crew chief confirmed to the driver that the information that Freddie said was delivered. And so Freddie has now resigned from spotting for Garrett Smithley. That's what happened. Spot off on that whole scenario. Unfortunately for Garrett, this is the second big time. And look, I like Garrett Smithley. He honestly is a really sweet, cool guy. He's awesome. And and I like his girlfriend, Keely. She share, shares the same name as my middle daughter, Keely. But Garrett, you gotta you gotta be if if I'm driving down the interstate, every so often I'm checking on my mirrors just in case I have to make a lane change. In case you're next to Garrett. Just in just in case. But he it's his responsibility <laughs> to be aware. It's the spotter's responsibility to help that scenario. And it's unfortunate that uh, that it ended this way. What do you think, TJ? Uh, I'm I'm spot off. This can't happen. Uh, not not at that. Le- I mean, when you get the Xfinity series or the Cup level, that's that's even the Truck series, man. When you get to the national levels, this can't happen. This even this shouldn't even happen in ARCA. Um, there's so many guys, you know, that are different pace in ARCA. This shouldn't even happen there. But definitely not the Xfinity series. And I haven't heard. All I heard was Garrett's interview. Um, I haven't heard a recording or whatever. I don't know what Freddie said. Um, I would like to think that Freddie gave him enough info, but sometimes, you know, I mean, these guys forget. you got to remember these guys are driving the cars, and you might, I guess maybe in Garrett's situation, you just in the, you're in the same, you're just, I don't know, when you're riding lap. He said they were on 70-lap tires just riding around. Well, that's the thing. So, that, that's the thing for me, and, and obviously you and I are fortunate that we spot for fast cars, but we both, TJ and I, have been in wreck race cars where you're way off the pace, and the driver knows he's off the pace. The spotter knows he's off the pace. And I hate to tell Garrett this, but it may surprise him, but everything that's in your mirror, it's catching you. You're not, you're not outrunning anything out there. Yeah, and I can see, like – when you get so spread out like that, you might go a handful of laps without having anything. So you're just kind of comfortable riding. You maybe you zone out a little bit, and and uh, you know I can tell you this: there's there's been plenty of times when I've told the driver, "Hey, make sure you do this," and then the lap later, the guy's like, "You know, hey, we're pitting this lap." And then that lap later, "Hey, we're pitting." Yeah, I just told you we're pitting. Yeah. You know, yeah. so those drivers tend to forget. So that's why you always I always try to tell my driver numerous times, even. Even when I tell them if we're pitting, if we're pitting off turn two Say under yellow, I, you, you got to tell them again in three. Tell them again in four. Um, you, you know, you can never give them too much info like that. And I'm, I don't know if, um, to me, this thing, they probably, Freddie probably just told him, look, leaders are coming, running the top, stay in the bottom here or whatever. And then they went into three. And then I don't know if Garrett started thinking about something or something happened. He looked at something else and just kind of forgot what Freddie said. And he didn't say, you know what I mean? I didn't hear his interview, but, but Joel Edmonds rides with me to the racetrack. He spots for Eric Amarola on Sunday morning. And he's like, man, Garrett came out of the care center and said, yeah, he, he's hated for those guys. He wasn't even sure who it was. Yeah. (laughs) Did he say that? Are you serious? Yeah. He didn't even know who he wrecked. Yeah. He said he didn't even know who it was. So, (laughs) yeah. Well, I mean, I think that I think there's I think there's lessons that can be learned from all sides on this. First of all, you know Garrett needs to know when you're off the pace and guys running the top, just leave room, just leave a lane. Um, You know, I don't like I said I haven't heard Freddie's audio or whatever, but you know, and Freddie, when you're working with cars, don't don't ever get comfortable. Don't ever get comfortable because you don't know what that guy. You don't know if he's going to forget or something, and that can happen. Then you're in that situation. So there's been drivers that I've spotted for that don't want a lot of. 
audio chatter, radio chatter, and they don't want you to talk to them in the corner. They have their nuances, right? With Clint, I don't have to worry about that. With Elliot, I never had to worry about that. But there are times when you feel like you're probably talking too much and you're being super freaking redundant. And it's annoying yeah. for us to have to do that. I don't know how Garrett is to spot for. Um, but some guys will tell you to shut up. Uh, yeah. Literally. They'll say shut up. Yeah, and you know, you're talking too much. Yeah. I think when you have a younger driver, you, you don't give them the chance. You know, hey, this is how it's gonna be. I'm not letting I'm you know, I'm kinda trying to teach you here a little bit or this is what we're trying to do. Your car owner can't af- can't afford to tear up cars or something like that. So I'm gonna be extra extra cautious with you out there um to be sure so i thought kyle um, larson had the best comment on twitter it was after it all had been said and done and kyle larson was like i'm sitting here watching kyle bush's twitter like and he had some yeah. popcorn because yeah. obviously kyle and garrett had a major run in and that was when yeah. kyle said guys i never even want a late model race so tough, yeah. tough break bad situation that is a bad situation Another Xfinity Series topic, Tyler Reddick and Cole Custer fight following Saturday's Xfinity Series race. Spot on, spot off, TJ. I mean, it really wasn't a fight. Um, I'm, I'm spot on because this is what we need. This is what this is exciting. I was glued to it watching it. I was just going to see what happened next. Um, spot on for two uh, young guys that, that are possibly going cup racing next year. Who knows? Um, but well, a little rivalry is never bad. So these guys might these guys might say everything's okay by next week, but it's going to be in the back of their heads. And if they get to racing again, who knows? I'm not saying they're going to go out there and destroy each other, but this this is good. I mean, Tyler is an aggressive young driver. Cole's obviously fast and aggressive now too. So uh, I I like seeing two fast guys kind of run, you know. And I didn't I didn't see anything I didn't see anything that Tyler did wrong. Tyler got on his left rear and kept pushing him up and up and up to the point that Cole ran out of room. And I only watched it live, but that's what I saw. Yeah, I mean, but that's a way to pass. That's what you do to somebody. It's late in the race. You're going for the win. You're not going to give that guy an extra foot. You're not. If Tyler drove him all the way to the wall and then hit him, then I would say there's an issue. But Tyler obviously didn't hit him, didn't, and Cole hit the wall, and Tyler didn't hit him. So Tyler obviously left him enough room. Cole could have lifted a little earlier than that. Um, but they're trying to win. No guys at that, at that. How many laps are left? It was right like towards the end. It was like yeah. Less than so they're laps. gonna. That's that's what happens at the end of the race. If that's lap twenty of the race, they probably don't even get close to that scenario. So I'm, I'm one thousand percent spot on for this. I think it's awesome. I, I'll say this: I was at Dover, and Casey and I found this midget wrestling ring, and it would be the perfect size for these two guys to <laughs> were go. Were you at. in it? I was not in it. Like, Did I'll you have you, your these, bandana? These two they guys, were micro wrestling. These two guys might on? actually be shorter no. than the midgets were, but it would be freaking awesome to get these guys in the ring and let them go at it. Here's probably what happened though. Man, if I'm Tyler Reddick, I remember Cole Custer tackling John Hunter Nemechek oh, yeah. at, I was at that road course. So when he's coming over toward toward you know Mr. Reddick, I'm sure Mr. Reddick was like, "Hey, what's Goldberg getting ready to do to me?" And when yeah. he put his hand on him, they locked up. Man, I didn't yeah. see any punches thrown. I saw no. those guys falling to the ground. I saw some six foot eight Jack men in there. Who, man, that's too big. You guys need to, y'all need to get away. <laughs> we need like five foot ten guys breaking this thing up. Uh, but man, I think it's awesome. I think it speaks to the intensity of the playoffs and the intensity is, to which these guys are racing. Yeah, these are two. The, good race car drivers this is too. the product of the playoffs i mean without a doubt if it was i think trace briscoe said it if this was a normal race i don't think it would be i mean it wasn't a normal n- race you know much. how you know it wasn't a normal race the guy who wrecks every week won stephen wallace i'm sorry brandon jones won the race 
Yeah. Uh, that guy's he, – he spent a lot of money to get that win. 134 been a lot of, races. Been in a lot of organizations. So mul- multiply 134 times $150,000. That's how much how that trophy costs. How many seasons is 134 in Xfinity? <laughs> Sorry. Like five? Jason. Is that like five? Um, uh, yeah. I mean, five times three is 150. So, yeah, that's five years. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm excited for him. I think he's a super nice guy, and I was totally fine with him winning. Attrition. You know, that, that was the thing that bit me. You know, at the end of the race, I was texting Chris Rice about this earlier this morning. We had the fourth or fifth best car there, and had we been more patient, we probably could have backed ourselves into a position to be able to contend for the win. But Ross was loose off four, caught it a few times, finally lost it. Um, he reminds me so much, and I spotted for Greg Biffle in Xfinity for a lot of races back in the day when he ran that Kleenex car when he took over for Randy LaJoy. And we won a lot of races, and Greg was balls to the wall every single corner. And, and spotting for Ross, was the same thing like we were on restarts we were animals and we'd go up there and get in the top four kind of ride there right um but ross wrecked the car and and i'm thinking man if we don't wreck that car we got a chance to win this race because all the top guys reddick custer briscoe bell they took each other out that's why sometimes you got to let the race come to you this is uh this is probably going to play into ross's this is something ross is probably going to have to work on next year if he's going to be a championship contender He's going to have to be okay with a fourth-place car and see what happens. He'll win a lot of races if he learns how to do that. Right. Let it come to him. You don't have the winning car every week, but you can still win with a fourth-place car a lot. No. Shout-out to Chris Lambert, who spotted the winning car uh, on Both Saturday days. and the winning car on Sunday. Really hard for a spotter to have an opportunity, unless you spotted for Kyle Busch when Kyle was running all those races. Really hard for a spotter to, spotter to have that opportunity to sweep the weekend. So congrats, Chris Lambert. Big, uh, big fan of his, man. I, I said in my athletic article – He's not a guy that I'd want to have to be, man. He uh, he left home one morning, left his uh, uh, baby boy and his and his wife at home, and uh, they were killed that day in a head-on collision. He lost them both, and last week was the anniversary of that loss. And uh, man, just personally, a guy I really look look up to in terms of how he handles himself, and a big big weekend for him to kind of you know professionally shine on on a week that personally he was having some tough times. Yeah, for sure. Spot on, spot off. Kyle Busch says if you are not in control of the last restart, then you don't have a chance to win. Brett? I mean, I think any green-white checker scenario, that probably is going to ring pretty true. And if you do have control of it and you can't win, that's probably on you. You know, when you have a longer run, things have the opportunity to play out a little bit differently. But on on a two-lap race, I mean, you're talking there's three miles to go and you have the lead. I would hope that you wouldn't screw that up and you would win. So, yeah, he's right. I don't know what he what, – what he, I don't know, TJ, what could he possibly mean other than that here? I don't know. I mean, we won from third on a green-white checker. So, I mean, it can be done. Yeah. So, I mean, I know what he's saying. You're in con- Kyle didn't win, so there's a reason. This is just another reason for it. Um, but, I mean, that, you, you're the leader. You've earned the right to control that race. thousand percent. Denny was good, probably going to win that race. The caution don't come out anyway. So, yeah, Kyle's going to finish third or whatever he's running because yeah. Chase had run by him. But there was an opportunity there. There's just two really good guys, three really good guys around you that are that are good, and you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. And – I mean, I mean, it's just a good race. I mean, you're not guaranteed a you should not be guaranteed a win from third anyway, or wherever he was restarting. The leader should always have an advantage. And to me, I wasn't. I don't know, man. It was pretty close. One more, another lap. Chase was going to make it really interesting. But Chase was on four tires, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. But I mean, still, yeah. we were on old tires, one from third. Yeah, and they didn't get all. You know what I mean? Right. So you just never know how it's going to play out. I can tell you this: this restart here is more exciting than it would be 
you know, a handful of years ago when we all go to one and it really gets spread out big. Yep, yep. Now, man, we're going. When's the last time you've seen NASCAR? You know, the Cup cars go that many wide down a backstretch into turn three after we've taken the green. You nuts. How can you get more competitive than that? It's nuts. You and know? here's the other thing that people don't really talk about, or maybe TV does, since I got so many brainiacs up there telling people at home what they need to think. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> but our our fenders. I t- was talking to my engineer about this this weekend. Our fenders don't have any clearance. Everything is built so freaking tight. When you're saying four wide, if if somebody touches, you're going to get a tire rub and you're going to have to pit. Like, it can literally ruin your day. So to watch those guys be so aggressive and so accurate, because five wide, TJ, should mean we're going to wreck. Five wide is <laughs> – that's – that's uh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> How do you describe five wide? Somebody asked, me that. somebody asked me that, and I said, well – it depends on where you're at in the five wide. And those guys have a feel of where they're at on the track for when you tell them you have to have a really creative way of telling them, like, hey, you're five wide, you know, three inside, one outside. Like, you you better know what you're getting ready to say beforehand. It's hard to describe, though. Very hard. I mean, you look at Suarez late in the race yesterday. Reigns was doing everything he could to tell Daniel the situation he was in, and Suarez just came up and – and wrecked himself, you know. I know like, how that. I know how that it, is. It, it's it's uh, Vegas. It's man, it, it, to your point. It's extremely hard to give all that info. It is. It, it is. You have to mentally be ready to give it before you have to give it because if you don't, you look at it and you get shocked and you can't talk. There's some people struggle giving that much info that quick, and it's just that's part of this package. It's kind of evolved into this, and um, it's not just the clear, you know. Five back. I'll, you know, we clear. used to be able to say, hold your line when we couldn't tell. Now you can't even say that. That ain't enough info. Nah, there's just run. The runs are massive, too, sometimes. So, um, yeah, it's a handful. Next topic. Chase Elliott races his way into the round of eight, and Brad Keselowski, Alex Bowman, William Byron, and Clint Boyer are out. Spot on, spot off, TJ. Uh, I mean, spot on. That's the way the race played out. Everybody raced hard, and that's where – um that's where you ended up um i didn't see none of these guys had um were caught up in wrecks right no i mean none of these guys got caught up in something that wasn't their own doing kind of so that's all you can as far as chase guys it's all you can go and do is hope to control your own destiny and i saw that happen with all these guys um and uh i mean that's all you can hope for yeah, I'm, I'm spot off, obviously, because the 14 car didn't transfer. And, and you look at this thing, and it's like, wow, 300 guys in the 14 are the ones that almost didn't make it. Obviously, Chase went up there and, and, and passed Brad Keselowski. Chase was able to do that because of stage racing. You know, Jason sent me a text earlier that, that Chase was able to get, what was it, Jason, 15 stage points to Brad's five? 16 to five. 16 to five. So, I mean, that's what set him up to be able to go out at the end of the race, make Sorry, the pit 15, call 15 to, to, get him, get him, uh, to get him in position to be able to drive by them guys. And that's what he did. You know, when I, when I look at this thing, though, it, it's, it's just crazy hard to imagine that you know, like I, from Clint's perspective, what gets you in the chase or playoff and what continues to push you along is having a lot of stage points and winning races. And we failed to do both of those this year, especially 
um, at times where I thought we could possibly you know, win a race. You know, we'd end up second or chance we'd have to get points. We'd end up not getting any points. Yesterday was a prime example. We reached our second uh, with, with, to end the stage, and we ended up freaking 20th with no points. TJ restarts behind me. He wins the stage. Like, we didn't capitalize as a team on stage points, and we obviously didn't win races. And you can't really expect to go deep into this playoff if you can't do those two things well. Yeah, and Brad, I mean, for Chase, he was he was very lucky that Brad was very uncharacteristic yesterday. Um uh, in the beginning of that race, I saw Brad up there in second or third or something looking good, and then um, they kind of lost track position a little bit as it went on and couldn't get it back. So, uh, you know, that's – you know, Chase has been pretty lucky. Look at the Roval. I mean, you crash into the wall head on, then you win the race. Know, when does right? that ever happen? I know. It's crazy. That doesn't happen. So, um, you know, but you got you to gotta be good too. So, um, I don't know. It's just – you know, there was a lot of things that went in favor like that. He had a solid you're, you're, run. You're in the playoff, right? I'm well, I don't think Chase was in until – He wasn't in until the next to last caution. Exactly. Yeah. And right. that was going to be – I mean, everybody was good until that point. Chase then, was three points out on that next to last restart. And he capitalized on the last two restarts, gaining enough spots to put him in, and Brad lost enough to, to – Let me ask you this now that you're in it. Okay, you're, you're obviously still in it, rather. Yeah. We're which one? Now. Which one would you rather have had in it? to race against would you rather be racing against the nine or would you rather be racing against the two uh i mean i brad's brad's a title contender i mean i to me i think i'd rather race the nine did you a favor i think i agree i was talking to josh williams he and i yesterday were side by side and i was like man if i'm denny hamlin or i'm whoever i would rather race chase elliott in this championship than i would brad keselowski's because brad gets hot you're Brad's, Brad, a, Brad's a wheel man. He's Brad's really one of the guys. That 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 Chase yeah. isn't. I'm not taking anything away from Chase Elliott by, by saying that, but just looking at history and, and how good of a guy, experience and former champion like Brad, yeah. Brad's a guy I wouldn't He's won two, three in a row numerous times. So he can, he, you know, him and, him and um, Kevin and Kyle, they can get on these hot streaks and, and, Man, he could win two or three or three in a row. You never know. True, there's guys that can do it, and he's one of them. There's one guy I want to see in the final four, no matter what, and, and that's Kyle Larson, because we've all talked about how well he is at running the fence. And yesterday, he was ripping the top. He's a guy that, from a entertainment perspective, I want to see him in this final four. I want to see him get the homestead and see what he can do, given the fact that 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 you know the way that track is configured, the way they run around there, man, I think he adds an exciting element if he's there. Last year, the championship race will be at Homestead, too, so it's maybe his best shot. Well, it was a very busy week of silly season with Clint Boyer remaining at the 14, Ricky Stenhouse to the 37, and Harrison Burton to the 20 car. Spot hey, this on. says that Clint resigned. No, I, I that's why re- I just looked. Resigned. I thought he resigned. This says he resigned. Do I need to know something here? <laughs> I didn't say it. I, that's why Wait, I said remaining. So. I'm pretty, I definitely meant it. TJ, you say that word. Clint Boyer <laughs> resigns to the 14. Resigned. It's re Miss straight A student in there. Ricky Stenhouse to the 37, Harrison Burton to the 20 Xfinity car. I think, did they announce the Riley Herp still? No. Yeah. You just did. Yep, there you go. Oh, I thought they already announced that. I think I didn't see that. Well, I thought it was Brandon Jones, Riley Herps, Harrison Burton full-time at Gibbs next year. I don't think they said that. Well. Oh, well, maybe I'm wrong. Um, yeah, it's a busy week of silly season. You know, obviously it's going to be some some good for some people. Brian Patty also got released from Roush I saw last week. It's going to be good for some people, bad for some people. 
Uh, I can tell you when you're on the bad side, it's it's not any fun. It, I, I can tell you this, though, it's not over. You know, the driver piece isn't over. The crew chief piece isn't over. And the spotter piece isn't over. Silly season got started late. It's going to keep right on going. And it may even be after Homestead before some of these things play out. There is nothing about Riley Herbst going anywhere yet. Oops. So I, I um, may be wrong on that, though. I just heard it. It's not like I have a source. It's not, I don't even know who. If Riley came walking in this door, I wouldn't even know who he So is. does that mean you spot for Clint? I don't know yet. They haven't said anything to me about spotting for anybody. So mm-hmm. my contract is up at Stewart House Racing, and I would hope that they would want me to come back. But nobody. So no matter me what, you'll announce it on the show, right? I, if I if I get a job, Casey, it'd be nice to have something oh, to announce. What am I going to announce? I don't have a job. Resigned. I, re- <laughs> I resigned and resigned. <laughs> Mr. 4.0 in there. I didn't say I had 4.0 at this point in the semester. I'm not really trying anymore. I just want to graduate and get a job. I can play basketball. I just want a job. I don't care about 4.0s anymore. Anyways, do we, uh, any other rumors besides your Riley deal? Any other rumors you're hearing? I'm sure that's out. I didn't see anything. I just hope it's right now that I've said it because I'm like an idiot if it doesn't happen. Well, this wouldn't be the first time. I think there'll be a, there's definitely going to be a lot of spotter change. Yeah. Yeah. A lot. So, well, couple big ones. Yeah, there's definitely some couple fast guys are getting playoff new contenders. Guys. Yeah. Playoff guys. Yeah, can't wait. You guys will hear about it yeah. soon. Yeah, maybe TJ will tell y'all next week. Uh, maybe he'll tell them. You seem to be on a roll right now. Well, I, one in a row. Is that a streak? TJ, is that a, is this a sign for you? Are you changing? I'm not. I'm still under contract. <laughs> well, just making sure. I'm still under contract. My contract yeah. is up. It was a three year deal. It was an amazing three years and. I need a new contract, Greg Zipadelli, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a break and see what's coming up this week on the Dale Jr. Download. The Dale Jr. Download. Listen up. When you're done listening to Door Bumper Clear, go listen and subscribe to my podcast, The Dale Jr. Download. This week, the greatest ambassador our sport has ever known. The seven-time champion, the king, Richard Petty, joins the show. Plus, catch us on TV Tuesday at 5 p.m. and 9 p.m. Eastern on NBC Sports Network. The Dale Jr. Download, available on major podcast platforms. Dale Jr. Download. Dirty What is OfferPad? We're the new way homes are sold. We're your online home buyer. OfferPad is the modern selling solution with a human touch that lets you skip all the traditional headaches. Selling to OfferPad means no showings, you pick your closing day, and we'll even move you locally for free. Go to OfferPad.com, enter basic information about your home, and the next day, we'll send you a great offer. It's free and there's no obligation. We want to buy your home. So request your offer today. OfferPad. Move freely. Man, OfferPad.com is the place to go if you want to join thousands of happy homeowners who have already sold their house. All you got to do to sell your home with OfferPad today is go to OfferPad.com. It's really simple. Just log on OfferPad.com and fill out a quick form about your home, and you'll receive an offer within 24 hours. You get to pick your own closing date. It's a cash offer. There are no showings. You don't have to deal with people. You don't have to have open houses. And if you move locally, they'll even include the move for free. Yeah, so don't wait any longer. Go to OfferPad. Uh, check them out, OfferPad.com today. Let's go in the fast lane. Three racing questions. One off-the-wall question. 30 seconds to respond to each. Only 30 seconds. How are you going to stop from talking? Good luck. Fast lane. First question on fast lane. According to Racing Insights, no top 10 starters finished in t- inside the top 10 for only the third time since 1972. 
What caused such a drastic difference between the top qualifiers and racers this weekend? Brett. Obviously, you got, you know, incidents on pit road. You have incidents that happen on the racetrack. That certainly can eliminate people. We also know that some cars are more trimmed out than others. When you look at David Reagan and Michael McDowell qualifying in the top 10, those are guys that are very unlikely to finish in the top 10. So um, I, I would just say that the guys that are really going for the downforce builds, obviously Ryan Blaney was up there with a really fast car qualified up front. But overall, it's like you, you look at Truex every week, you look at Logano every week, those guys qualify in the teens and low 20s, they drop a rag and here they come. So I think some of it's the body builds. Yeah, that's uh, – so – the biggest um, deal to this is the package, the 2019 package. People, you know, you got a, you got a choice. Do you go for speed, you know, straight line speed, maybe get out front, try to hold the lead, or do you go for handling? Do you want your car to turn, but you'll have the train, you'll have clean track. You know, if you got if you're if you're trimmed out, you, you plan to have clean track and try to keep it. But um, it's just preference you know some drivers some drivers can drive one pack one way better than the other and uh you know i, I don't know everybody every driver has their different theories to it and strategies for it i mean you look at rcr they've, they've qualified extremely well a lot of times this year and the time that clint qualified on the pole i don't know if we got lapped the first stage but we came damn near close so i think you know what, what tj said you're looking for that balance of downforce um versus you know, low drag, like it's, it, it's just depends on which angle that the team is going. And I mean, even within the organization, one team may go a different way trying to learn something. So where was that Vegas? Yeah. Vegas. Yeah. We qualified 23rd. Yeah. And you took the lead. Like 35. 30 something. Yeah. 35. Yeah. Next topic. Hamlin slowed and let Jimmy Johnson get his lap back at the end of stage two on Sunday, staying, stating that he was just being a nice guy and can never have too many friends on track. Is this a smart move by Hamlin or something he shouldn't be concerned about? TJ. Uh, it's probably a smart move. Danny's probably going to need a break from Jimmy at some point in the next four or five races or something or down the road. It could be even further down the road. And, you know, you always want to – you always want to help when you can. You know, at that point, Denny had a really good buffer. He didn't need to win that race, but he did. He had a good buffer. He was pretty much locked in without blowing a motor or something like that. Um, so Denny has, has some wiggle room to do stuff like that. You know, if Denny was in one of our positions, he's not going to be doing that. You're going to be getting everything you can. Um, <clears throat> you know, you, you got to. You have to. You don't know how everything's going to play out. Yeah, I mean, to me, Denny Hamlin and Mark Martin are the two best drivers in NASCAR that have never won a Cup Series championship, and I think Denny may change that this year. I mean, he certainly has won a lot of races. It's obvious those Toyotas are fast, and and Denny, like TJ just said, I mean, at some point he may need Jimmy to, to give him a little room, and Jimmy's a guy that kind of races you like you race him, the way Tony Stewart used to race. So, um, you know, there was a, a point yesterday where Clint was racing Joey Logano, and Clint was like, I sure hope this guy doesn't need a favor for me later. You know, because obviously we're racing each other extremely hard. But to TJ's point, every spot mattered. Where you were on the racetrack matters. Where the restarts could happen. Where you come down pit road if a caution comes out matters. Like, you you have to know when to be greedy and you have to know when to play give and take. Yeah, I don't – like, you know, to me, to me, if the, the roles are reversed, you're going to do the same thing. There, There's no way. Like, you can't you can't sit there and be racing a guy for a tenth, ninth, tenth, something like that, knowing that you're – single digit points away from making the next round or not and be like okay well i'm gonna give this guy he's not you gotta go you gotta get everything you can get right now and you know at one point i don't know how close it got but when you're down to single digit points anything you don't, you don't can have ha a cushion no you don't have no cushion so you know i don't 
I don't like particularly hearing that, but I because we're in them spots, man. I don't expect you to give it to me. Yeah, um, it's just how it is. So Denny's mad at Joey, but he's happy with Jimmy. That's what we learned. I yeah. guess Denny <laughs> tweeted after the the Garrett Smithley incident because Clint tweeted something along the lines of a guy that's four laps down need to know needs to know what the yeah. hell is going on around him. And Denny tweeted it, retweeted it, and he said, "How about a guy twenty four laps down?" Which was obviously a little bit of a jab at, <laughs> at Joey, which is awesome. I love that stuff. Oh, in two of the last three Martinsville playoff races, the winner has gone on to take the championship with Jimmy in 2016 and Joey Logano last year. Who has the best shot to win on Sunday and go on to take the title? Brett. Jason, did you come up with this stat or did you get this from somewhere? No, I found it because I was at the 2016 race Jimmy won and I was at the one Logano won so, last so year. So you came up with this stat on yes, your own? Correct. Wow. I don't, this is impressive. I don't put my work in school. I put my work into the show now. <laughs> Clearly, well, with your spelling. Don't resign. Or res- <laughs> don't resign. I'm sorry. We want you to resign with the show. <laughs> I bet his own podcast has a lot of stats. You think so? A lot of good. He saves all the good stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's a really, really good question. Um, man, we saw how fast. All these playoff guys are going to be hard to beat there. But, I mean, I don't, I don't know, man. Uh, Toyota's just got something right now going on. It's going to be hard to beat those guys. Yeah, I mean, I look at the top eight right now, and I'm I don't I don't see a weak link, man. I I don't I don't see a weakness with anybody, and I look at them, all them guys can win. But I look down and and um, look at the guys that have won there before and know know how to take care of their car for um, you know five. It's a long race; it's five hundred laps, and there's a lot that can go on in five hundred laps. So I think. Um, you know, going there, I like our chances because Brad Brad dominated the spring race there, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, he dominated it. So, yeah, yeah. hopefully, we can take some of that there and and go. And but, man, look at the look at them. How do you pick one out of that group? Yeah, I know. I want to see Kevin Harvick do well. Obviously, he's part of Stuart Haas Racing. But um, if you if you said pick the guy that's going to do what Jason just said, that's going to win both of these things, which is a championship and Martinsville. Denny Hamlin's a hell of a short track driver. Off the wall question. Freak injuries trended on Twitter over the weekend with one guy saying he broke his finger leaving the bathroom and someone burning their chest while ironing their shirt. I don't even know how that happens. Uh, while I would hope not. <laughs> yeah. What is the most freak injury you've experienced? TJ. <laughs> I don't know. Well, did, should we talk about the truck race last week? What happened? Now you have to talk about it. Well, the guy just or ripped his finger off. Oh yeah, forgot about that. A tire changer. Yeah, Joe Slingerland ripped like his finger off. His ring finger. Oh, he went so, to stand so, up and go so around the truck, was changing tires, and his ring was his finger was already gone. He didn't even know it. What? Yeah, he finished the stop before he realized and it. And they never found his finger. No, I think they saw the ring or something fly off, but they couldn't find his finger though, which means it probably got ran over. Poor finger. You know how bad that hurt that finger. Get run oh over like gosh, that? I, I don't know. I don't think the finger knows because they can't ask it. <laughs> that is definitely a freak injury. So, what's your f- most freak injury? Oh man, I would probably say I was maybe um, nine, ten years old, and right. I was uh, I was in this field catching grasshoppers, playing in the woods, stuff like that. It's already off to a bad start, I know. And I see this gigantic grasshopper. I'm like, oh, I gotta catch that. So I cut my hands. And I le- I go to like fall down, and like lean down and catch it. Well, there's a rusty nail sticking up, and it goes right into my knee. Oh. It's in the gr- it's in the field, and it was sticking up just right. The nail went straight into my knee. Had you had a tetanus shot before this? 
Uh, probably. I pet stitches and stuff all the time. So, so I stand up and there's this um Ugh. old rusty nail sticking about that far <laughs> out of my knee. And yeah, so I hobbled back to my uh, my house, and this woman was doing. There was like some sort of Tupperware party going on, so I beat on the door, and this woman comes out, and she's like, "Oh my gosh!" She grabs onto it and yanks it out, <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> so uh, free ride in the ambulance to the hospital. Got a tetanus shot. It's not free. Well, yeah. Well, it's free if you don't have insurance. It probably wasn't. So if free you voted then. for Hillary, it's free. Um, so I rode there. Got to take that out either, Jason. <laughs> I think uh, the worst part about it was about, you know, I didn't move off the couch and it stiffened up real bad. Oh. And then, like, f- about four or five days later, my dad's like, you got to walk. It ain't going to do it. It's not going to work and do anything until you free it, until you start walking a little bit. Oh, my gosh. That hurts so bad. Mm. But, yeah, there's nothing good about a nail sticking out of your knee. Both of my injuries involved my butt. I, that, I knew that one was coming. <laughs> so we were in high school, and we played basketball at this gym, and it was called Angelus, which is between Pageland and Macby when you're driving like from uh, here to Myrtle Beach, right? Or driving from here to Darlington. It's Mick called Macby. I'm from South Carolina. There is no, there's no A in there. It doesn't matter. It's Macby. So <laughs> is it McDonald's or McDonald's? Oh. It's McDonald's. That's, that's MC. The, There's no not, MAC. Yeah, but see, you guys, y'all think it's Lancaster, Pennsylvania, but it's Lancaster, South Carolina. You Yankees don't understand how we talk. So <laughs> no, we just do. We just know English. <laughs> we're at this gym, and this gym had nine and a half foot basketball goals on each end, right? So we're a bunch of white kids that want to be able to dunk. So what do we do? We go play basketball at this gym where a white man can't jump, but we can still dunk. So we go play, and I go. Uh, up to block a dunk. The kid's name was uh, Clint Patterson, six foot five, like he's a monster. He didn't want to play college ball. It's a bad idea for you already. So I'm up, dude. I had I had leaps back then. I had up. So I get up and I'm trying to swat the ball, and he hits me with his body. Well, this used to be uh, like a, a what do you call them things where like there's a stage in there? You know what I'm talking about. Auditorium. Auditorium. auditorium, yeah, an auditorium. So it was an auditorium before it was a gym, or it served as both. Yeah, we had one of them. So as I went up, and as he hit me, I hit the bottom of my spinal cord, the very bottom of my butt, on the edge of the stage, on the edge of the stage, and it literally—I thought I was going to vomit. It hurt so bad, and it sent just chills over my whole body. I immediately get up. I basically lay on my side to drive home. I walk in the house, tell mom what happened. We go to the emergency room. They X-ray it and had broken off the end of my tailbone and that thing hurt for a very very long yeah. time but there was nothing they could do and obviously we all know about the incident where i jumped off the top of the boat and broke my ass it's like a rib <laughs> injury man every time you move you feel it yeah I, mean, I broke my ribs snow skiing in utah one time but i would say the basketball injury was kind of freak man who lands on this end of a stage with a butt jason when we play yeah, Jason, was is your freak accident when you went to go sit? I don't want to talk about it. Casey, you got any freak injuries? <laughs> yes, actually. Um, I almost got my finger chopped off in an elevator. Like, old elevator. Those, Why? Like, How do you do that? You know, because I lived in Chicago, and they have a lot of old, like, these re- basically really old buildings. And I was going to my friend's house, and I closed the, house like... House or, like, apartment? It's like a walk-up. Yeah, apartment, I guess. Um, but their elevator is really old. So you have to like close one door, then close the cage. Mm-hmm. And so I closed the cage and the elevator still in work or like something got stuck. And so I went to my friend was right next to me and she opened it and she didn't realize that my finger was in it. Ugh. Um, so like part of my finger like mm. got chopped you ever off. Did break a finger? Uh, it was broken too. Mm. So yeah, that 
I broke that finger that never got it oh, fixed. Oh, I can tell. Yeah, I didn't want to wait at the emergency I broke room. I'm playing football and never got it fixed. Yeah, I didn't want to mess with it. It hurt. It does hurt. Anyways. Hurts, don't it? Remember our buddy Tim mm-hmm. Duggar? He sings yep. that song. Hurts, don't it? Man, I love authentic and affordable memorabilia, and if you want it to decorate your home, there's no better place to go than pristineauction.com. It's an online auction site. Yeah, you can choose from a variety of auction formats, including daily auctions, with bids starting at just $1 and ending nightly, plus a 10-minute auction where you can steal some sweet items. $1 make you holla. That's my kind of auction. I can afford that. Pristine Auction guarantees the authenticity of all the items. Each comes with an authentication form only by the most trusted sources, and these items are much more affordable than you think. Yeah, so check out some of these previous NASCAR items uh, that went for low prices. A Darrell Waltrip signed 8x10 photo went for just thirty forty five. A Dale Earnhardt, number three, good wrench, 1996 Atlanta Olympics car went for $30. I remember this paint scheme. I was a huge Dale Earnhardt fan, and I actually went to the Olympics that year. So, man, this is the kind of stuff that you forget about even happens, and then you look at it on pristineauction.com. You can go get this merchandise, this memorabilia. What event were you in? I wasn't in an event. Yeah, marathon. Uh, I actually had a, uh, I had a man. I had a. This is the first time I'd ever taken um, a narcotic, right? So I oh, had what? a, I had a wisdom tooth that was infected. So we drive to Decatur, Atlanta, and I had to go to the dentist, and the dentist gave me some kind of a pain pill, and I drank a pain pill, and then I drank a. I'm sorry, I ate a pain pill. I drank a beer, and then a bird. On my shoulder as we were walking into the baseball oh game, gosh. and I don't even barely remember being at the baseball game. So don't ever mix uh, okay. dentist visits <laughs> with beer with birds. It's a bad idea. Uh, but it's, yeah, no, I wasn't actually in a sport. Okay, it's quick and free to register, free to bid, and you only pay when you win. Winning's a good thing. As a door popper, clear listener, use the registration code clear on the registration box. C L E A R. It'll get you five dollars credit that you can spend on any of the auctions online. So if you love this show, go check it out and win some items on pristineauction.com. That's P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E auction.com. And don't forget the registration code CLEAR, C-L-E-A-R. And we won that Joey Logano signed diecast from his Vegas win, so that'll be coming in a couple weeks. Put it right here. Pristineauction.com. Ask DBC. Let's do it. Addison Johnson asks, do spotters also focus on the point situation or do they just focus on what's in front of them? Brett. Yes, we do. You know, the more information we have, the more information we can provide. Uh, Our fan vision is up to date with live scoring on the points as they run, which is extremely critical. You know, there, there are times when you need to tune it out. And there are times when you need to know exactly what's going on. If you're Brad Keselowski at the end of that race yesterday and or Chase Elliott, you want to know exactly what you need to do to be able to get back in. And and for us, if we have that information or the crew chief has that information, I mean, look, if it's first down and nine, you know how many yards you got to get to get a first down, another first down. Like So so you want to know what you're up against. Yeah, for sure. You, you... I don't think there's a playoff car that didn't know what their scenario was at some point. You're always aware of it, um, what's going on. As we were banking stage points, I knew our situation was getting better and better, but it only takes one It only takes one corner for two guys to get in front of you, and next thing you know, you're sliding through the grass and everything's reset, and you're right down there on the cutoff again, and you're not – you know, you kind of got to wait for everyone to cross the line, look at it, and be like, okay, what's this person's outlook now? Well, he's looking really good. He's probably going to win or finish top three, so – that's going to be tough. Um, 
And then, um, I don't know, you're always aware of it, especially the as the cutoff races come down to the end, like you're aware of it. At Dover, we were aware of it. We just tried to get every point we could. You go to the next race, um, you get a solid run, and then you go to the next one. That's when the cutoff races are when you really know what you got to do. Yeah, yeah. Next one is from Larry Spiegel 1. Did you ever think that you'd see the day when the ARCA series would qualify faster than the Cup series? TJ. Uh, I don't know if I ever saw that coming, but, um, you know, with the way the package is and and the way the role, you know, the roles have been done to keep the, cl- the playing fields close, um, you know, I don't, I never saw, I don't, I guess I never saw it coming, but. You know, I think the racing's really good in the Cup Series. People seem to be entertained. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm okay with it. Man, ARCA isn't even our AAA equivalent, our AA equivalent, our single A equivalent. ARCA, to me, this is almost like having a major league play on a field where the fence is 250 foot and then having your, your single A guys play on a field that's 300 foot. I mean, when you look at an ARCA pole speed, it's 180 miles an hour versus which is faster than your premier series i don't know how anybody can look at that and not have a problem with it from a marketing standpoint because i think there are a lot of things that make these guys superheroes in our minds number one it's their ability to go so fast so now all of a sudden a guy driving arca cars going faster than a guy in a cup car like to me this is just a wow factor and it's something that nascar needs to look at and nascar needs to fix it obviously they're not going to be able to speed our cars up much more than they already are and given that how much downforce we have and the, the horsepower packages that we have but on paper whether i mean i'm sorry this is just common sense to me that you know the nfl is going to go to a, or, the, or the nba is going to go to a half court rule but we're going to let high school keep playing full court like this is a problem that, that needs to be fixed slow the other series down so that, so that we don't even have to keep having this conversation because racers in their minds want to go fast, and whoever goes the fastest is the best, and ARCA's not the best. So why are they going the fastest? No. I mean, I will say this to ARCA. You, when you were moving up the ranks, you know, ARCA was kind of the stepping stone that you wanted to go to first. Now most skip ARCA and go right to trucks or it's something. because it's a million bucks to run eight decent tracks. Yeah, and there's not – I mean, I honestly think their schedule used to line up better with ours, too, but it doesn't line up quite as much anymore. No. Um, it's just harder to do, and I, I don't know. Next one. NASCAR owns ARCA. They NASCAR can fix this problem. Well, they're working on next year. They're going to have yeah. the K&N and, and ARCA we, series combined. We combine. used to go to Kansas, and we'd qualify in the 190s. Like, we're 20 miles per hour slower, and ARCA is the same as they were. So do something to slow their cars down. Put something on the roof to give them more drag. Like the, there is an easy fix to this, so we don't have to have this conversation with people. But you got to look at the ARCA races. They're not very the competitiveness is no. But the pole speed is what this guy's yeah, asking about. Yeah. He's right. But I mean, you can. Do you want? A, do you want a faster speed or do you want a competitive race? You got. He, he can ask as himself a, that as a racer. He wants to see who can go the fastest. And right well, now, then, ARCA's then. going faster than we are. We'll go watch drag races. Tim underscore Allen underscore 19. Uh, what are the advantages and disadvantages of spotting Xfinity or trucks during the weekend? Do spotters learn anything from the, for the cup race similar to drivers learning by driving in other series? TJ. Uh, absolutely. You can learn. Um, you just you might see a wreck happen in a spot you've never seen before, and it might play in, uh, might play in uh, you know, the next time you spot a race, you see that happen. You have more of a flow for whenever um, how the races go, where the lines move, stuff like that. You have a little bit of sense like that, and 
Um, I mean, the more the better. The more games you play and the more experienced you're going to be in any sport, really. Uh, it's not like it's not like a spotter's going to get injured. We're <laughs> not going to pull a hamstring or something. No. But, uh, I mean, uh, any knowledge you can build on restarts, restart lanes, stuff like that is always always beneficial, in my opinion. I think for young spotters, there's a huge advantage to it because, to TJ said, you're getting the reps, right? And you're out there seeing the lines and whatnot. You know, as long as I've been doing it, I can watch the race on TV and learn the same things that I need to learn for Sunday. The only thing that I'm not going to necessarily hear is what the driver is fighting and what changes are happening. You know, having worked with Ross Chastain on Saturday and seeing what his car is fighting, I'm able to pass along some of that information to – you know, Booga, Clint's crew chief, and Clint as well. Uh, that's why when you look at Penske, uh, they only let their cup spotters spot for their Xfinity cars, and they compensate those guys for not being able to go out and get an Xfinity job because they don't want them to be able to work with two different teams, right? Not everybody takes that approach. Spotters, for a lot of a lot of us, were independent contractors. We're not employees. Um, but I can watch a race on TV and learn the exact same things that I need to learn for Sunday, but certainly working them um, helps me as well. I mean, TJ hadn't worked a lot of Xfinity races in the last few years and I think he's still doing just fine on the cup side yeah I still like to I still like to do them when I can whenever uh, Joey runs and stuff it always especially when it's your driver in the Xfinity race that always makes it that always just gives you a little bit more to build off of um, I'll tell you this there's a lot of weekends when you do all three series that by the time the cup race rolls around Casey that you're sick of you're literally sick of being on the roof because you've done two truck practices, two Xfinity practices, a lot of times three cup practices. Then you'll throw in potentially having to do one, two, three qualifying sessions. Boom, the cup race gets there, and you're almost like, I'm sick of being on this roof. I look at Talladega. I went down there, did a couple practices. I was off on Saturday. I couldn't wait. I slammed my five-hour energy right before the race started. I couldn't wait for that race to get going. I was excited to be on the roof, excited to plate race. So sometimes, man, it's almost like you're fresher by not being up there all three days. Yeah, and we we have access to a lot of video and stuff, too. Like he says, there's numerous different ways to watch a race replay now, and there's probably – how many races in are we? 32. 32 or more than that, right? It's 30. Well, there's 36 real two. ones plus yeah. two fake ones. I mean, I've watched probably – 40 replays, maybe 50 replays of races this year from, you know, our previous races to what happened in the race here. And um, there's there's ways you prepare yourself. This time of year, it helps us because we've got data, right? When we when we rolled into this new package, we rolled into Atlanta, Phoenix, those places. We didn't know what it was going to race like. Us going to watch an old Atlanta race wasn't going to do us a damn bit of good. Now we can go back and watch these races yeah. that are up and coming. Not necessarily a Martinsville, right, but more so the, the Texas, Phoenix, Homesteads. Not Homestead, but we can rewatch in Atlanta, learn something there. Um, more applicable than than – when you start a new package, it's a clean slate. Like, I literally showed up to Daytona for the 500, and I didn't watch one single race because I played a lot of plate races out in my head. We didn't know what the package was going to be like, so the last thing I want to do is think I know what it's going to do. Like, I want to learn while I'm there, and literally during that weekend, you're watching every single lap you can watch. Yeah, and there's uh, – you're definitely – there was a few times this year where I was like, this is wasting my time. What am I? What do I? What can I watch this weekend to get ready for this? And there wasn't anything. No, we could let we could let Schultz spot Dover next year if we race like that again. We do the restarts, and then we'll hand him a headset. <laughs> Green flag. Uh, who gets That's... the 
Offer pad. I love them. Everyone gets one. And then we have a DBC review from Apple Podcasts. Pigs fan says, haven't been into NASCAR for years. Thanks to this podcast, my love is returning. Enjoy the insight of to the two spotters. I now not only follow my drivers, but the two drivers of the podcasters. Keep it up. So send me a message on Twitter at hey Jason Schultz, and we'll get your address and get you a T-shirt as well. Yeah, T-shirts are going to be a little delayed. We got a little bit of a construction problem in the Griffin house, so give me a couple weeks before we ship more out. Um, you, did you uh, you know the the Apple and the NFL have one thing in common? What? The Chargers both suck. <laughs> I saw that tweet. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, uh, championship four picks. Championship four. We got eight to pick from. I'll go first because TJ always takes a while anyway. Plus, we know he's got to pick the 22 just like I got to pick the four. So, I want to see Kyle Larson in this thing. I really do. Kyle Larson, Kevin Harvick. Unfortunately, um, Kyle Busch somehow or another still has the points lead despite the fact that he hasn't been worth the in the playoff for the most part. Look, he's had a couple races where he ran really good, but overall, there's no way he should have a 35-point lead over Ryan Blaney, who just won two races ago. Come on, man. These points, they got to figure that out. I'll take Kevin Harvick. I'll take uh, Kyle Larson. You I'll ranted take, so much, you forgot what you were going to say. I'll take Denny Hamlin and Martin Truex Jr. What about you, TJ? Uh, 18, 19, 22, 4. Same as last year, then. Yes. Nice. Well, anything you guys want do to you, do about? Let, let's talk about this real quick. All right, so four guys are going to be moving up, and four guys are going to be eliminated. Right. Do you think – how many guys do you think will get in on points versus wins? Like, do you think, you know, Denny Hamlin wins all three of these races and then three guys get in on points? Like, how many guys do you think, think are going to get got, in on points? I think two on wins and two on points. Two and two. All right. Yeah. All right, that's fair. It's only it's only three races, so yeah. so you think one guy's going to win two? I think I think there's a very good possibility that one guy could win two of them. Yeah, yeah. you know I think uh, I don't know. I mean, I look at uh, Martinsville and I, like you said, I looked at this list and anybody could win there. Oh man, I mean I gotta say the the favorites to me are probably um, eleven, twenty two, four right off the bat, but the nines can be quick there. The twelve's been fast there, the forty two's shown some speed there. Um, but I think Denny and Joey and, and Martin are two of the and Kevin are the better short track drivers of that yeah, group. Yeah, yeah. So two and two's a good number. Well then you go to 50. Texas and who knows? Yeah. I mean I really don't know I mean there <laughs> it's gonna be tough, man. Be crazy. Remember yeah. that year Kyle Larson passed out doing an autograph session at Martinsville? He didn't get to race oh, the next yeah. day. Was he yeah. a rookie that year or so was that his second year? I don't remember. That. I just I remember, remember, man, we were, we were at the track and you start hearing rumors, which our whole sport is one big rumor, it seems like. Man, Kyle Larson passed out doing an autograph session. You're like, there ain't no way. And then boom, you're like, next thing you know, yep, that's what happened. Martinsville's awesome. It produces some of the best races of the year. Remember Kevin Harvick? He, uh, who was it that got suspended and Kenny Wallace had to drive their car? Was it Harvick for packing for parking his truck at the back of the NASCAR hauler where the officials couldn't go in and out the door? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I think it was. He was at RCR, right? And he got mad in a truck race, and he just literally crammed his truck into the back door of the NASCAR hauler, and they kicked him out for a week. I swear yeah. I thought it was Harvick. I think it, he, that sounds and like Kenny Harvick. Wallace came in to drive the car. Well. Yeah. Martinsville creates drama. And just imagine next year is going to be the end of a stage, of a, of a what you call it. It's going to be an elimination race. Just like Daytona, right? Yeah. It'll be fun to watch. Holla. Oh, my gosh. 
Well, anything else you guys want to rant about? No. Great mood. That's all we do right here is work. Right, Casey? Me and you are the only two that have day jobs. I know. You know. Jason, do you get, uh, Jason, do you have a day job? Do you do anything other than this podcast? This podcast, come back all week, do videos, go to school. That's my job. He's busy. I'm telling you, taking care of kids at home is harder than a day are job. Are you going to eat a hot dog this weekend? Mm, I'm not. I mean, I, I don't mind them, but I'm just not one of the ones that count the hot dogs. You don't. I like them. to eat one just because I do, just because of the legacy. Of they're the not bad, and they're only two dog. bucks, man. Yeah. How do you not buy a hot dog for two dollars? I, I mean, they're not. They're not great. They're not bad. I just have feel you ever soaked them in water. The huh? bun? No, the hot dog. They blow up. Uh, soak them in water, take them out, and then the whole thing is pink. Yeah, it's the not, pink hot dog. Not appealing. Who does that anyway? Why are you doing science projects with the hot dogs? Somebody. Some, I didn't do it. You can't just go around putting wieners in water. <laughs> okay, That's need, a terrible idea. We need to end the show. I got to go. I have a meeting. What kind <laughs> of meeting? For work. Hmm. All I'm right. Well, hey, this listen. Go. This is going to be a crazy race. Martinsville is one of my favorite tracks to go to. Uh, we got an easy schedule. I work 9 to 1 on Saturday, and then the Cox play at 4, and then the big race on Sunday. So you driving back and forth? Yep. I'll have truck practice on Friday, truck race, cup truck race um saturday and cup race sunday yeah same well be sure to uh keep commenting leave us some feedback good feedback only and we'll keep sending t-shirts there's no you can't have negative feedback to a perfect show casey this is true thanks for listening to you peeps out there yeah thanks for listening we out holla see ya check out dirty mo media on youtube twitter facebook and instagram